0: They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore, and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smart Kids Show, and this is John. And my guest this week is Daniel Hare, who, like me, lives in the UK. And Daniel has written a duology under the title The Possessions. Now, Daniel and I uh, share something in common, and that is that we both had a great affinity for Tolkien's book, The Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, and of course, the introduction book, um, The Hobbit Bilbo Baggins. So, Daniel, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much. Very, very good to be here. Nice to talk to you,
1: Jim. Yes. Now, the uh, the other listeners don't know the uh, the hassle that we've had to connect up this morning. But <laughs> yeah, we we won't mention that. We? we won't mention that. One's a software engineer, and one's quite a reasonably talented person. And could we connect? No. But there you go, kids. That's all. <laughs> That's life, isn't it? Um. So, Daniel, I've looked at your books and. I'm very interested to learn about what brought you to writing.
0: Yeah, sure, so um, I suppose primarily it was an escape from the glamour of software verification. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's the the, the desire to do something um, slightly more creative. Um, And I think uh, mainly for me, it it, it sort of themes, I, have, I had themes I wanted to explore through my work and they, those themes came from views on the world, personal experiences, um, thoughts and opinions um, and, and, and overcoming hardships and maybe sharing that that kind of story in a the, in the written form. So um, that was kind of the serious aspect to it. Um, the fun aspect was, because it's a fantasy genre, you get to build the world from the ground up and populate that world. Mm. And um, being, being, like you say, a fan of books such as Lord of the Rings, um, the opportunity to build that world and fill it with my own characters was was, was the fun part. So it, yeah, it was a, a mixture of wanting to get something off my chest and explore something and okay. share something.
1: You see, for me, it was, um, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I used to work for a bank And we um, used to, every Friday night, you know, we'd go to, four of us, we'd go to the pub. And there was a couple of lads, one, the same gang of four. And we said, what would we do if we didn't, you know, um, work in the bank? And one said he'd do a mortgage advisory company, which he set up. And somebody said they're going to do something else. Somebody said they were going to do their own financial um, services um, business, which they've done. And I said, I want to write children's books, but I've got no idea how to go about it. Mm. And they went on. And when I left, they uh, bought me a uh, present for a course. That's uh, the Quad in Derby of Creative Writing course. And that's where I started.
0: Okay, awesome.
1: But when I was a kid, uh, Daniel, I hated reading. Oh, and really? The teacher. And she'd pull her hair out of me.
0: Right. Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's what I tell all the kids when I go into schools, you know. I tell them... I hated reading and I hated writing and how I struggled with it throughout life and then decided to do something about it. And here I am, you know, from hating reading, writing, to learn to read and write, to actually, you know, that book out to my kids. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Now, we all have a journey, don't we? Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to ask you, um, did you as a child love reading books? Yes, I did, most definitely. Um, Apart from told. But- Apart from
0: Tolkien. Um, yes, yeah, so it, it, I guess it was all within the same genre. I mean, re- reading for pleasure, we, 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 had to read, um, you know, some, some of the classics for, for school, but, um, talking about reading for pleasure. Um, yeah, so there, there was, there was a, a similar book called, um, the Dragonlance Chronicles, which was another trilogy. And, um, what, what that had in common with the Lord of the Rings was this huge cast of characters all, um, experiencing the same events together, but each character reacted differently, uh, to, to those events. And you see something of yourself in one of those characters. So the more characters, the more scope there is for, for you to relate to, to, to one of those characters and immerse yourself in the writing. So I can remember as kids, us discussing who was the, the, Best character in these novels, and of course, that in retrospect must have been where we saw ourselves, either our, our deficiencies or, or, or what we aspired to be in these just made-up people. So, um, yeah. So I, I did really enjoy reading um, as a kid. I preferred it to going to school <laughs> quite
1: often. Um, yeah. So. Enid Blyton, because I loved Enid Blyton, and mm. I'm not ashamed to say that. No, I, I, yeah,
0: I've read Enid Blyton 5, I do such and such. I've done. Yeah.
1: Um, Daniel, on some of my previous podcast shows, I've been talking to the kids and people in general, um, how I create my characters. Now, I have a system where I use voting, voting points to create the character.
0: Mm.
1: How do you create your characters? What
0: do you oh, uh, Yes, uh, nothing as sophisticated as that, I'm um, afraid. So um, uh, so I, I I think for me, um, I because I was trying to share my own or, or document and explore my own personal experiences, I needed primarily a character that, that saw through my eyes, albeit in a in a fantasy world. Um, so my my the first character I I created um, I see a lot of myself in,
1: um, so that that was quite. That. Easy. Mm. Sorry, I was going to ask you that: was, is there part of you in this main character in the book? Yes,
0: most definitely. Um, so, yeah, so how how you know you felt at different times in your life might give you a basis for the plot. Um, so, yeah, the, the the main character had to had to sort of. um, channel me to a certain extent Um, and then the, the characters around them um there has to be conflict so you have to have someone contesting the 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 opinions of the the main character perhaps and um so you get an array of different character types um which weren't based on people in my my life—they are more based on um, shared character traits that you see in all people around you—and that that gives them a greater element of realism and, and hopefully, you know, relate.
1: The reader can relate. You have to be a great observer to be a writer, don't you?
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, and
1: you have to observe and pick things up and go. Hmm. Yeah. Store like- it away for later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. I, I, you know, in my previous podcast, I've always told the kids, you know, from my book, The Smart Kids, that mm. um, I use a triangle of characters. And I, and I relate this back to Harry Potter. You know, you've got your main character, Harry Potter, and then you've got your sub characters. I call them. this is what I tell all the kids, you know, so they've got Hermione and they've got Ron Weasley. So there's your triangle I said, kids, mm. the main character and then the two, two under, you know, sub characters so yeah. in the main character. And as you said, you've got your main character, and then you've got other characters there to, um, you know, you know, keep the story, the twists going, and conflict with the main character. That's how. So I think you use that as well, but not so pronounced. Does that make yeah, sense? Think,
0: yes, it does. Yeah, maybe maybe the same sort of um, thoughts, but a different framework. Um, yeah I, I i also some characters just invented themselves just created themselves um so that actually the main protagonist um sorry the main antagonist the the, the villain um he, he he at inception he he was just someone to have a point of view to regard uh the king's champion brester because Bruster is enigmatic the, the books about trying to find him so I couldn't have a point of view from Brester because I revealed too much about him so Rianthan is just to be supposed to be the one survivor of Brester's attack on this tower mm. um, so he does survive and how he survived um, the the levels he was willing to stoop to <laughs> to survive um, just
1: fleshed out this wonderful character that I I I couldn't let go. Um, I noticed that. And hmm. I do use, like me as well, um, I call them floating characters. And when I go to the schools, to the kids, I tell them, these are the characters that they come into the story and then they go out of the story, but they're just there to move the storyline along.
0: Yeah.
1: And I know yeah. you've got some of those in your book as well.
0: Yes, that's right. There's, there's, there's one particular character who... Um, and she she just exists basically to highlight the the, 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 the main villain's cruelty. Um so she, she comes and goes. Um yeah, so, so some yeah, some were
1: some were planned. Um some yeah just, just jumped out. So um, so you know, so I think um like yourself and your book, you know, um what, how I you, how the, how I set up my books to form you know, it's there as well as in your book, but probably not as so as defined. Mm. And I've got the kids listening on the podcast. This is why I you know I make it very clear to them: main character, two two to three um, sub characters, no more than that, and then have all the floating characters that you want to to mm. um, move the story along. But your main character, um, you know, when you cause somebody will pick this up. I don't know if you find this, Daniel. Um, if you tell them, you know, so the character's got a red scarf or a brown scarf and then, you know, uh, a couple of paragraphs down, you've changed the colour of the scarf because you've forgotten mm-hmm. what the colour of the scarf is, Somebody's yeah. going to pick it up. Yes. And yeah. that's why you need all the points to, um, you know, go back to as a reference to. That's how I find yeah. Do you go back to a reference on a character?
0: Yes. So... Um... Not my first draft. My first draft was just getting a, some kind of framework down that would make some kind of coherent sense. But um, yeah, certainly on, on later drafts, I'd, I'd, I'd go back and each character, like uh, Sienna, one of the characters, um, has, I think originally had blonde hair in the first few chapters, which miraculously changed to brown in the later parts of the book. So I had to go back in and and <laughs>
1: Uh, on the spreadsheet, the part, he's putting the reference in from the start. Yes. Yes. After yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. So,
0: uh, I mean, that 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 brings um, you know me to an interesting realization I had when I was so I've, I've never written before. This was my first my first attempt. Um, I I can remember reading a book, and as a reader, you, you know, times linear, and you get to the end of the book, and you think, "Wow, how did they?" How did that author pull it all together? Because so I remember clues and hints and things from the beginning of the book, which have come to fruition in such a beautiful, intertwined way. Well, having written a book, you, you see, as the author, you can move back and forth through time. You're not, you're not on that linear path. Um, so there's scope um, in a practical sense. Yes, go revisit the past to set things up for the future, which you, you you just can't. That's some of the magic you see as the reader. Yeah.
1: yeah. But can I move you on, um, Daniel, from the characters? Can we move on mm-hmm. to uh, the plot? Yeah. Because you started to go on to that little bit there, and I am thinking, yes, he's read the questions here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Daniel, um, I split the plot into two. And yeah. I, when I, you know, my podcast, I tell the kids, so I do it in two, for, uh, two ways. Uh, one section on the plot is scenery and the mm-hmm. other storyline. And in the scenery bit, I've got like the geographical place in the world. I've put the character, the climate, the scenery, the time of the year, you know, mm-hmm. the time of the, you know, what time of the, um, you know, is it um, a modern story or is it an old story? Is it in the 50s or is it today? So that's one section. And then the other section is well, the actual sort of storyline itself, the plot. Mm. Uh, um, so, how do you do it?
0: Okay, so I I, I think I rely on visual um, aids uh, in in this regard. So I, I I just had a huge bit of paper. I tried it on technology, on computers and that, but yeah, went back to a big bit of paper. And so I I had a, a series of main events. Um, where uh, there might have been dialogue between characters, um, just uh, things which moved the plot along, so things that had to happen. And the, the plot, for me, was a vehicle for the theme, so the theme was getting explored as the plot was moving along. So i will draw um, big, yeah, big circles with these main events written in them, um, locations, uh, that I'd seen in the real world um, and, and, and walked around in person and thought, wow, I can see my characters sat here in this ruined castle, in this fireplace, sheltering from a storm, and that's where they should talk about this. Um, so that all went down on the paper and then overlay that with chapters. So geographically, where are they for the first three chapters? Um, where are they when they have this wonderful piece of dialogue? Um, or, or they witness this, this this thing happening to them, happening around them, which changes them. Um, so each each chapter then had objectives. So I wrote down the objectives of each chapter. So using the same example, they had to have witnessed this thing. They had to have had this conversation, um, and the the rest did itself. So I I can I can remember getting to an end of the chapter, thinking I couldn't type quick enough for what was forming in my mind. Hmm. Um, But I didn't feel like I was forming it. As weird as that sounds, it came in the moment and I had to get it down because it was far better than I could have ever planned for. So there there were a lot of moments like that as well.
1: Do you see, um, when you're writing, do you actually see the scenes as if you are um, in a film? Can you see that?
0: Yes, I, I, I can. yeah, I, I, I can really put myself there, especially so um, if, if I've actually visited the, the place that gave me the inspiration for it. But um, that, that isn't a necessity. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see where people stand so in. so you know, in a fight sequence, for example, you, you, you can't write that one person's engaged an enemy. To, to the point of view person's left, and then suddenly they've jumped behind them, you know, it's, it's it's you've, you've got to kind of map it out. And I use, again, visual aids, sort of tokens on a bit of paper, which represented the characters and their adversaries. So yeah, but it does play like a film. I, I agree with that, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I know exactly where the character is, sits to the left, mm. and to the right. Yeah. I've got that in up here. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder if you do that as well. So listening to what you've said, you, you pretty much do the same as I do. Mm. Um, I think you've already preempted this one as, uh, as well. Um, my editor used to say to me, you need, you need to sit down and um, put the plot down in detail. So as you know, what's going to go into each chapter. And so he says. Yes, yeah, some authors do that. They plan it to the end, you know, the story, the plot to the end, detail before they even put the, you know, start writing the story. And then you've got other people at the other end of the scale, it says, uh, a bit like you, that referred to me, uh, whereby you just look at a blank screen and create it as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And you know where the start is, you know where the end is, but the bit in the middle goes as, you know, because I would be very bored if I knew what it was all the time. So I find it fascinating just to see, well, oh, where's this going today? Yeah. Where do you sit on that, uh, that line? Are you the detailed person or let's see where it goes? Um,
0: again, because this is my first attempt um, at writing a novel, I, I started believing I was more a detailed person. So I... I, I put together yeah a, a lot of um, documentation of how how things were going to go um but but as I started writing I realized I'm I'm more um write as as it comes if 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 I can put it that way um so yeah so um I think my my main objective was to get to the end of the first draft and so However that came, that that was sitting down in, in, in sessions and just just letting things happen. Being kind of aware of the objectives I've set myself from a plot, but how those objectives were met was quite fluid and, and yeah, diverted away from any planning a lot of the time. So I,
1: I think I've learned that I'm more that way. A lot of kids ask me, "Do you write in the morning or the evening or the afternoon?" And we all ask if you get right as plot. I don't. I just mm. get distracted all the time with life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, do you use the formula, Daniel? Um, like I use um, like 10% for the start, um, 80% the the storyline itself, the plot, and 10% you know the ending, pulling it together. And that's what I tell all the kids. You know, 10, 80, 10. Do you use that formula or something different?
0: No, I, I, that's very interesting. No, I, I can't say I do. I, I, I see myself as having a a, a lot to learn from more experienced authors. So, um, I've I've never considered what what you've just described. But that that yeah, that that's definitely something to think on. Um, I I think it if I can use the word organically or, or and maybe with naivety, I just ploughed into it without
1: that kind of thought. Uh, would you agree with me or not um, that um, you need a very strong start?
0: Mm, yes, so especially
1: with fan- fantasy fiction. If um, you know, read your story, if after the first chapter or maybe the second chapter they're not engaging with the characters or the storyline, you've lost that reader. And they're not going yeah. to do the rest of the book. Would you agree? Yes. De-
0: yeah. De- definitely so. And also um, having experienced the, the the process of trying to get off the slush pile, um, so trying to capture an agent's um, um, attention, um, I was very aware that my, my my what i was submitting, i.e. my first few chapters, the start of my book, should be um, immediately immersive. So I I I. Try to drop the reader into action straight away. Um, I, because it's a fantasy world, the rules aren't clear. You know, it's not a period of time or modern day um, book, so the rules aren't clear to the reader. So you, but you, you mustn't make it a, so they have a textbook to read before they can start getting immersed in the story. So immersion, I think. And I find it easy to um, build the well-true dialogue between characters that already
1: live there. I totally agree with you. Um, who do you see as your market? Who do you write for? Um,
0: probably um, that that very confusing time in life between being a, 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 a teenager and turning into an adult, um, and all, all the all the... You know the, the the confusion that comes with that period in our, in our lives. I mean, um, I, I I'd say from that age onwards. So it, it, it's kind of a a, a a story of discovery and um, overcoming obstacles and things like that. Um, so I, I I think if anyone if it resonates with anyone from that age older, um, then yeah, the, the fantasy fans, yeah. Yeah, it's a fantasy genre, but it could have been set in the Upper East in New York. You know, I like to think the the, the themes there will, will resonate with any adult uh, and young adult. But, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Do you have any um, plans to write any other books? Is there something in the pipeline coming down the line? Yes,
0: uh, I I um, I swore to myself that the end of the procession would be the end for those characters, because I I challenge my readers to break any attachments they have to any of the characters in the story. I, I try and create those attachments and then challenge the reader to break them. Um, a, a kind of acceptance of finality. Um, I, however, completely fail with that and I don't break my <laughs> attachments to these characters I've, mm-hmm. I've breathed life into in and have, have progressed themselves. So at least some of them will return um and and because my license based on personal experience there's there's always fuel for another story you know there has to be um and uh, next weekend i'm off to the y valley um to do a, a long walk and I'll i'll stop and i'll look at places and get inspiration for like I was saying before, locations and, and dialogues
1: and things like that. In my books, Daniel, at Smart Kids, you know, I've got the, the 17 characters, the 17 short stories, and mm. the characters all around the world. I've been to lots of those places. Mm. Yeah. So when That's I'm nice. talking to the kids about the place, I know exactly where it is. I remember the, where the table was. I can remember all the scenery. Yeah. And even from years ago, I can still remember it, and I've brought it back into the storylines. Because mine's yes. more adventures and just telling kids about different kids from different parts of the world, mm. um, but and I, I just find it fascinating. And so yes, for me, Smart Kids was my first book as well. And I'm working on a spy book at the moment. I've got to the end of it. So that's the first draft. Here are the yeah. Hard work. Yes. <laughs> and yes. this one I want to take to a literary agent.
0: Mm.
1: Um. Da- Daniel. If somebody you know where can uh, people get your ebooks or your books or or where can they go you know is it amazon or is it bookshops tell me yeah. it's um it's
0: it's mainly amazon um i i I, I can't remember the names of the other sites so yeah they are on amazon so um so the procession's broken as you said down into two books which is the uh, um um the uh, crikey the gloaming and the second one's adorning um and they're, they're on amazon um in ebook format um and and there's links through my facebook page which is author of the procession so uh, yeah
1: ah well daniel it's been fascinating talking to you and i've um certainly learnt a lot about you and your books and, you know, your style of writing and how you do it. And I found it great chatting to somebody who, like myself, you know, is, this is their first attempt. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know um, a lot of authors um, like to talk to people who, you know, doing their first book, how they do it, how they create it, you know, how they go about selling it. Mm. Um, and somebody once said to me, Daniel, that if you think, oh, um, 80% of the work is actually right in the book. Oh, no, it isn't. 20% is right in the book. 80% is getting yourself out there, getting known and getting the books sold. Yeah. So there's, there's more in the pipeline, as you said. That's re- I can't wait to read them and um it's been absolutely you know now that we have seen each other face to face on zoom of course something this time last year ago not many people heard about but there you go that's life yeah so i just want to say um there you go everybody um this has been daniel Hare, and talking to about his duology uh possessions which you can get on amazon the ebooks there or you can FaceTime him, Facebook him, and he'll tell you where any other places you can go and get the book. Um, so next week, um, kids, I'm going to be talking to uh, another author to interview. And this gentleman is called David, and he's from New York. And a lot of you don't know, kids, is that my mum came from New York. Uh, from Manhattan, in actual fact. and. I love New York. You either love it or hate it, I'm afraid. It's full in your face. It's very brash. And and I know Mary comes from New York. And it's her hometown as well. So there is a link there. So for now, um, thank you ever so much, guys, for listening. And I hope you stay safe till next week when I have a chat with David about his books. And he is from New York. Thank you very much, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to The Smart Kids. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out The Smart Kids by J.T. Crowley
1: on Amazon.com
0: now.